Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. He is your peace. He's the one that settles your heart. He's the one that knows everything about you, knows your heart, knows what you need. And you know, friends, I thank God that God knows what each one of us need. You know, I'm pretty convinced a lot of times we don't know what we need, but God does. And by trusting Him and seeing what He has to say to our hearts and souls, you know, He has the right, the right things for your life that will satisfy you and, 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 and bring your heart to peace. And, and friends, we need that. In a world of a lot of trouble and a lot of uneasiness, He is our peace. And I just want to, to encourage you to, to rest in the Lord because that's such an important thing that He does. And so, it says there will be famines and troubles. And these are the beginnings or the birth pains of sorrow. This isn't the baby yet. This is just the beginning, folks. Now, this is why in the book of Matthew, Jesus said, when you begin to see these things look up, your redemption draws an eye. I can begin to see these things happen. We see the volcanoes and the earthquakes and the pestilences and all these things that the Bible talks about. Now, they've always been, friends, there's always been earthquakes. There's always been famines. There's always been, but when you look at the magnitude of what these are happening on our planet today, uh, and you begin to look at this and realize this is kind of a different time on the earth. There's a lot of things that face man, friends. It's not just the energy crisis that we're all very much aware of, but there's other issues as well. There's the water issue. There's the food issue. There's the uh, housing issue. You, you see that there's a lot of issues that, that are before man. The Bible says perplexing with no way out in the book of Matthew. It says that, speaking of the same thing that we're reading here. So he says, watch out for yourselves, and they'll deliver you up to councils. And you will be beaten in the synagogues. Interestingly enough, it says, you'll be beaten by religious people. Isn't that weird? It's true. I found that over and over again. I think we all have. You know, and and so it says, they'll, they'll beat you in the synagogues. And you'll be brought before rulers and kings for my sake as a testimony for them. But the gospel must be first preached to all the nations. And when they arrest you and deliver you up, don't worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given to you in that hour to speak, for it will be given to you to speak by the Holy Spirit. Now brother will betray brother to death. Father his child. Children rise up against his parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all men for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. It's interesting here. That there's going to be the betrayal issue. That's where friends turn on friends, family members turn on family members to gain advantage. There might be a reward. Maybe the, maybe the, the um, Antichrist offers a reward, a bounty for those that are really Christians. And you've got a little Bible study going in your, in your basement. I, I believe, friends, that uh, the rapture of the church takes place before... Uh, before the tribulation begins. But that doesn't mean that there's not, there's not persecution against saints around the world right now. Uh, you go into some areas of the world, and if you're found to be a Christian, you're executed. You can't go over into Iran and Iraq and share the gospel on street corners. They'll kill you. In fact, they'll kill you if you're not doing that. But that's another issue. 
But the, the, the thing is, is that this is the world that, that we now live in. And if you give them a reason and you're sharing the gospel, uh, friends, th- that's not found to be a- acceptable in their, in their societies. And so it says, brother will betray brother to death. Father is child. It's interesting of the, it speaks even here of the breakdown of the home. Um, uh, you know, it, it's so amazing. Uh, and I just want to encourage you that, that have kids especially. How important it is that you uh, love your kids uh, and you take care of your kids. Uh, they're the next generation. And should the Lord tarry, they're going to be the leaders and the pastors and the pastor's wives and the Sunday school teachers of tomorrow. And I just want to encourage you, you know, the, you know, the, there, there are so few real families left in America. And I think it's one of the most, I was one of the very blessed people that have a real mom and a real dad and grew up in that. And uh, I, I, I think something that I thought was so normal, I find now is so rare. And it breaks my heart because you have to realize that what a child is is figuring out about a mom and a dad and a potential mate down the road someday when they get old enough to choose for themselves. They're, they're observing uh, the tendencies and the behaviors of you, mom and dad, in what they're going to select as their husband or their wife. And, and so that's why I just want to encourage all of you, especially that have kids, you know, bless your kids and stay together and love them and, and raise them in the Lord. Because, you, you see, they're, they're judging everything off of you. And, 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 and there's a difference. There's a marked difference between children that were raised in homes with a real mom and a real dad and those that weren't. Now, many people here today, you're a blended family. You, you, you have been married before, and maybe you're raising somebody else's kids. And all I can tell you is this, be the best as a father or a mother to those kids that you can be. Because they need to see real Christianity. You know, there is a Christianity, and friends, it is in crisis. We, we find no ethic left in, in, in anywhere. And, and it's difficult to, to even um, raise a family without that in the home. And, and, and if you're a mom or you're a dad and, 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 you're, and you're not really walking in the Lord, let me tell you something. You need to, you need to do that. It, you know, it makes it so hard to stay there. You know, I, I, I shared this on Wednesday night. It's very hard to kiss the lips at night when the same lips cut you down and chewed you out all day. You see, this is what where, where, where the, the, the the deterioration in the home comes, and and the thing is, is that if 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 you don't want to be that way, you won't have it that way. It's a decision that you make. My dad always said something. It's so nice to be nice. I know that sounds kind of corny, but it's true, because you can make your own environment. If you want to be mean and nasty and, and cut down your lover, I'll tell you something. Your lover won't stay. You know, I've never had anybody ever ever come in my office and say, you know, my husband, he's the most wonderful man I ever met. He always brings me flowers. He gets me a little something every day. He always does a little thoughtful thing for me. You know, he's the best lover at night and and all those other things that he does. And I'm leaving him tomorrow. Never had that happen. Never happened. And there's a reason why. Because you don't leave something like that. But you know, friends, if you want to be mean and nasty and terrible, it's no wonder a lot of people can't live with you. You see, see, I believe that there's a lot here, and we see here that there's a breakdown within the home. Why is it so easy to betray your father or your mother or your children? It's because the family doesn't mean anything anymore. Do you see our American society headed that way? Do you see, it's not just in America, friends, it's around the world. It's a global issue. 
In fact, if you look at the last couple of verses of the book of Malachi in the Old Testament, the last few verses of the Old Testament, one of the things that God says, He says, he says to change, to turn the, the hearts of the fathers toward the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. You, you see, we, we have a breakdown within interpersonal relationships. And it's because we, we've, blot, we've all bought into a lie globally. And I want to just encourage you today to consider those things and how much God loves you. And, and if you can be nice and you can encourage and you can uplift and you can uh, take the weight and the burden off of, off of somebody, I just want to encourage you here today, do that. Be a person that, that changes that. Because, uh, friends, I don't know how long we all got. Like I say, the Lord may come and get us tomorrow and the Lord may leave us here for another 30 years. But whatever it is... I know this, that I want to be a person that blesses and uplifts and encourages. And if I goof up trying to do that, please forgive me, but that's what I'm trying to do. You go, what is he doing? Well, that's what I'm trying to do. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. So he says, brother will betray brother to death, father a child. This is pretty serious stuff. Children will raise up against parents. Parents cause them to be put to death. You will be hated by all men for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Now, verse 14, we go into this thing called the abomination of desolation. This is very clearly three and a half years into the tribulation period. And friends, I believe the church has taken out. There's some people that may differ with that, but I believe that Jesus said, be watchful, be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord is going to come. I think anybody that would teach and say, Jesus cannot come back to the middle of the tribulation or the end of the tribulation isn't reading their Bible. And I'll tell you why. Jesus said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord is going to come. So Jesus said it can come at any moment. Somebody that says, no, he can't come back until they're not following what Jesus said. Now, I'm not going to say when the rapture is. I don't know when it is. But I will tell you this. I do believe in one. And second of all, uh, I believe the church is already gone. Now, he goes on and he talks about this abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel, a prophet, standing where he ought not. Let the reader understand. Let those who are in the Judea flee into the mountains. Let those who are on the housetop not go down into the house, nor enter in to take anything out of the house. And let he who is in the field not go back to get his garment. But woe to those who are pregnant in those days and with nursing babies... Pray that your flight may not be in winter, for those days will be tribulation such as been from the, not been from the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor shall ever be. It's going to be the worst time on earth. Now you see some of the newsreels of the Second World War, and you see the cities being bombed and all those kind of things. The Bible here says it's not going to, that's nothing compared to what this time is going to be like. And it begins with the abomination of desolation. Somebody might say, well, what is that? Well, the Bible tells us, that the Antichrist, the false Messiah, many people believe the tribulation begins, and I do too, with a treaty made with the nation of Israel. Now, the seven-year tribulation period is not just God for seven years firing on the world, which in partly it is, but God is dealing with the nation of Israel. In the book of Daniel, God said 77-year periods have been determined upon the nation of Israel. Daniel was praying one day and said, God, what will become of our nation? We're scattered all over the world. What will ever become of us? And God gave him a revelation. He said 77-year periods have been determined upon the nation of Israel. This is in Daniel chapter 9. In the 69th years, 67 and 2 years, Messiah will be cut off and the clock stopped. And God stopped dealing with the nation of Israel. But there's, going to, there's a missing seven-year period of time. 
And that's known as the tribulation period. That's why you find the 144,000 Jews that are sealed right there in in chapter uh, 7 of Revelation before the whole tribulation gets rolling because God deals with his nation of Israel again. Not because Israel deserved it, but because God made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he keeps his promises. Even though oftentimes we don't keep ours, God always keeps his. By the way, friends, that's real good news. When you said, Lord, I accept you as Savior. I promise I won't do anything else ever wrong ever again. (laughs) God... God says, but I still love you. (laughs) You know, as much as the desire of our heart as Christians is not to blow it. But the thing is, we do. We look at the wicked kings in the Bible. And how wicked and terrible. Even Ahab, the most evil king that ever lived. And he did all kinds of really nasty, gnarly things. And God extended to him mercy because he humbled himself. Didn't mean he accepted God or anything, but he humbled himself. God extended to him mercy. How much more will God extend to you his mercy and his love being you're his child? That's one of the things I look at when I see God blessing evil people. I go, God, (laughs) I'm your child. I know you're going to bless us. You're going to take care of us. Now, sometimes, friends, what appears to be a blessing, or maybe I should say that you feel that God didn't give you, in reality, he was just protecting you. Never complain about what God doesn't give you. A lot of times we're good at that. Well, God, if you really love me, you'd give me that. And God says, I really love you, and that's why I'm not. Because God knows something more about that thing that you're asking for than you do. Now, whether it's a person, a place, or a thing, God knows more about that than you do. And so we have to trust Him that His wisdom is best in these things. Now, concerning this abomination of desolation... Many people believe that the the tribulation period, this last seven-year period, which God deals with the nation of Israel again, is where perhaps the Antichrist makes a peace treaty with Israel. Some people believe it may be over the Temple Mount, where this man comes on the world scenes, got a lot of great answers for people. Finally, some world leader that can figure it out, he makes a deal with Israel and says, well, listen, if you'll maybe give up these cities... We'll make a deal and we'll protect you with the United Nations power that you can build your new Jewish temple right there on the Temple Mount, right alongside the Dome of the Rock Mosque. They sign a peace treaty. Most people believe that on a peace treaty that's signed, the tribulation begins. Well, the Bible says for three and a half years, this Antichrist, this, he's not going to be called the Antichrist by you know, the newspapers, He's going to be called the anti. He's going to be called the Messiah, or the guy that finally can figure it out, or or the the world's re- redemptor. You know something. He's going to have a great name. For three and a half years, he figures out the problems. He begins to bring the world together finally. That so the world can be as one. You know John Lennon type of thing. Okay, so he's going to do that. But then three and a half years into the tribulation period. He goes into the temple, and the Bible very clearly says there in Revelation that there's going to be a third temple that's built. We're reading about, we just read about the one that was destroyed in 70 AD. There hasn't been one since. But there's going to be a third temple built. John was given a reed to measure it. And the Bible says that he goes, the Antichrist goes in either himself, a picture of himself, or an image of himself, in the temple, there in Jerusalem, Israel, and there he declares to the world that he's God. When he does that, the Jewish eyes are opened, they realize they've been duped by this guy, and Jesus said, when that happens, run to the hills, don't even go back inside to get your coat. 
Because it's never going to be that bad again what's going to happen for the last three and a half years. Now, if you're spending time reading in the book of Revelation, some of the things that happen in Revelation is this. Every living thing in the sea dies. Now, friends, I don't know if you ever smelt dead sea creatures. They're really stinky. Imagine they say that if every living thing in the sea died, dead animals would, would go around the shoreline of the world about 20, 10 to 20 miles out of just dead floating things on the surface. Now imagine the wind blowing across that. This is going to be a stinky world. And you don't want to be here. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you Christians, you're always missing out. Yeah, I know. And I'm glad. The Bible says by this time, two-thirds of the world's population is dead. The Bible says cataclysmic things. The water on the earth is unfit to drink. And so you realize then that this last three and a half year period of time is going to be so horrible. You don't, want to, you don't want to miss heaven for the world. So he says, For those days, verse 19, there will be tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor shall ever be. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. So in other words, if that was to go on, it's like, a, I don't know if you ever saw that movie called Super Size Me or something. Guy just lived on fast food for a month. They told him, they said, if you go two more weeks, you're going to die. Um, well, he shortened the days. Well, on the earth, the Bible says God's going to shorten the earth. The, the, the destruction. In other words, God divinely intervenes because of the destruction of man. And so he says, then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ. Or look, he's there. Do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Take heed. See, I've told you all these things beforehand. The Bible says here in verse 24, But in those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars of heaven will fall, and the power of heavens will be shaken. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the crowds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels to gather together his elect from the four winds, the furthest parts of heaven to the furthest parts of heaven. He said that basically that there are going to be people during the tribulation period, friends. Maybe many of the people that you've witnessed to. And you've shared your faith with grandmas and grandpas and your kids and maybe the people you work with and say, well, you know, one of these days, you know, the Lord's going to come and get us. Oh, I've heard that junk all my life. Shut up, you little runt. I, I changed your diapers. That's what happens a lot of times. Anybody here has ever shared your faith, you know, sometimes that you can be uh, criticized and condemned that way. And, 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 and so, uh, you know, and they open the newspaper one morning and millions missing around the world. No one knows where they went. The Bible says a strong delusion is sent on them that they believe a lie. I, I don't know what they're going to say. Maybe they're going to say the UFOs got them. 
Or there was a sudden abruptness. This is a new word now in the evolutionary world because they know that evolution can't really happen because of DNA and RNA. So they, that, that they have a new word called sudden abruptness. I don't know if you've, many of you are familiar with this, but this is where cats are cats and dogs are dogs until one day, sudden abruptness, and now there's something else or a horse. Isn't that amazing? Now they want you to believe that. But they don't want to believe what the Bible says. Because, the, because of the, and the problem is, is when Darwin came up with his theory in 1850 or thereabouts, uh, they didn't know about DNA and RNA. And DNA and RNA is what keeps cats cats and dogs dogs. Now, there can be di- big dogs and small dogs and big cats and little cats and big people and small people and people of different shades of skin color and things like that. But people are people and dogs are dogs. And a horse is a horse, of course, of course. And, and all these kinds of things. But the problem is, what happens is, they don't transmute. And if they transmute, they can't reproduce. That's what a mule is. Half donkey, half horse, but it's sterile. Well, this is what the DNA and the RNA is all about. Well, Darwin didn't know about that. So he had this antique idea of the, of, of, of the chain of progression. And it, it didn't happen. It, it can't happen. Yet it's taught to your children as fact, by the way, in schools. But it's not true in any way. Well, th- th- this is the way that they explain all these things away. And, 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 and again, friends, as we look at these, these different things, they are going to have their, um, uh, their, their ways of explaining away where all of us as Christians went. Well, sudden abruptness, they just vanished. But there's going to be people, I believe, maybe people that knew your relationship with God, and they're going to go, man, it was true. And I believe there's going to be a lot of people especially in the first part of the tribulation, that accept Christ as a Savior. And as a matter of fact, you find it in Revelation chapter 6, and you find it again in Revelation chapter 7. It's the first two chapters that really deal with the tribulation. You find a lot of people who accept Christ during that time. They're never called the church. They're called believers, and they're martyred for their faith. In other words, they missed the rapture, and now they understand that what you were telling them is true. Uh, maybe they come over to your house. Well, you know, you know, uh, she or he's not here anymore. Let's go through their house and see if there's any goodies here. Hey, look at this old black book. What's this? Hey, Revelation. Hey, in case you missed the rapture, read Revelation chapter 6. Well, let's look and see what it's got to say. Hey, that's all happening. And, and they begin to read where all these different things, and they, they see the, the horse riders go out, this white horse with this guy on it, Revelation 6, who's the Antichrist. And he goes out. To, to, to conquer the world. Then, then you start finding all the problems with the, with the wars and the famines and the disease. And then you find the death that follows all of that. And then you find the progression of, of, of a, a world under judgment of God that's deteriorating while God is also dealing with his nation of Israel. Um, it's going to be a tough time, friends. And, and that's why I believe that there's going to be people. Now, some people say, well, you know, Mike, if I miss the rapture, you know, I'll just uh, accept the Lord in the tribulation. I don't care if they cut my head off. Okay. Let's review. If you won't live for God when things are good, why would you die for God when things are bad? Because you really are still serving yourself. And that's the reason why a lot of people say, well, you know, I'll just, if I miss the rapture, I'll just accept the Lord during the tribulation period. Listen, if you don't want to live for God now, why would you want to live for God then? And I think this is what we're confronted with as Christians. I mean, as we share our faith with people and we run into people like that, and I've actually had people tell me that. 
And I just said, you know what? What do you think? Accepting God, God just takes you and says, okay, you're my child now. <laughs> I'm going to ruin your life, you little sucker. Now I'm going to take everything away that you like to do and I'm going to make you do a bunch of stuff you hate. You know, there's people who think that way. And someday when you may be having a bad day with the Lord, maybe you think that's what God's doing to you. And I think we've all thought that. God, if you're so powerful and you can do anything, what are you doing to me? You know what God does? He protects you. See, God has a way of taking care of us. And and the thing is, we we say, well, God, you mean I can't go out and, and ruin every last brain cell I have by getting drunk all the time? And God says, no, it's not good for you. See, you're mean to me. No, God says, as a matter of fact, I love you very much, and I don't want to see you ruin yourself anymore. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226, and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time for more It's Time. It's time.